everybody. Welcome back to Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Boy, we are glad to be back. It's been a couple of weeks, and boy, Mike and I are fired up. Um, and we are so fired up that you should check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system. Mike, there's some times during the year where you just get fired up. And wild card weekend, and as the NFL last year and now this year has changed the format, and you have all these games crammed into three days, Mike, it's it's a football lover's heaven. It is. It is. And uh, I'm a football lover, buddy. Uh, definitely fired up. Obviously, my team's been long out of it. So being excited about a football weekend uh, ended for me uh back in uh, New Orleans in week six or whatever. So uh, I was going to say week four, but okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, around then. Uh, so, yeah, it's been great. Uh, you know, let's take a look at the wild card games that passed already. Um, and as, as though there were more games ever uh, this weekend on uh, wild card weekend, there's only really one game that has a lot to talk about, but uh, let's go through it real quick. Uh, we started with the Bengals and the Raiders there on Saturday, uh, late afternoon. Uh, Bengals won this one, twenty-six to nineteen, and um, the dream season or nightmare season for the Raiders came to an end. Uh, you know the interim coach and the you know the Gruden emails and all that stuff, and then the horrible tragedy with Rugs and uh, they had a couple other players get arrested for uh, DWI. And uh, just just ugly all the way around. Uh, after the game, the Raiders fired Mike Mayock. I was kind of surprised. Um, I mean, he did bring these people in, um, uh, including Gruden. So, you know, somebody had to pay the price. But I thought uh, he did a good job holding this team together and making the right decisions when uh, these um, controversies hit. But uh, as far as this game goes, you know, uh, Derek Carr did everything he could. He 29 for 54 for 310 yards, touchdown and an interception. But this this uh, Bengals team is not getting enough love, Dave. Uh, they've no. been playing well for weeks, and they came out and took care of business here. Uh, a young team, you never know how they're going to react when they're making their first playoff run. Uh, but I was really impressed with these guys. What did you see? Yeah, definitely, um, you know, in the Bengals. And, of course, you see on CBS uh, Boomer Esiason getting fired up because the Bengals won their first playoff game since the 1990 wildcard round. Um, And their streak of 30 straight seasons without a win uh, in the playoffs was the longest active drought in the NFL. So it should be celebrated. Absolutely. And, uh, look, they are an offensive juggernaut, and we've talked about it during the year they have all the right pieces in place Mm -hmm. uh i think what you're going to need to see from cincinnati is some improvement on the defensive side of the ball that's fair regardless of what happens uh this next week i'm sure uh and you look at how they've drafted the last few years i think you can say the Bengals front office is doing a good job they're going to go out and get some defensive pieces whether it's the draft or trades uh, and really fortify uh, what is a really an up-and-coming team. And 
you have to be honest. They're playing with the house's money right now. They got a sure. home game in the playoffs. They won the division. They won a home playoff game. Uh, you know, kind of a lot like the Bills last year, you know, finally breaking through, getting a home playoff game, getting a home playoff game win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, very, very similar uh, as far as that goes. Um, but, yeah, kudos to the Bengals um, and the Raiders. You know, what a struggle all year. They did get into the playoffs, you know, so they have to be given some kudos, like you said, despite all of the despite all of the issues. But yep. let's focus on the Bengals and, you know, just a just a great job uh, for the Bengals advancing in the playoffs. And oh, great. They get to play the number one seed. But yeah. Take Great game reward. for the Bengals. Yeah. No, uh, I'm looking forward, and we'll get to it, but uh, that could be a real up-and-down you know, um, burner type of game uh, with the Chiefs, so it'll, it'll be uh, very exciting um, for that game. But uh, good for uh, Joe Burrow. He, the dude just wins. You know, uh, he had the best uh, – single season in college football history at the court statistically at the quarterback position and on the field, you know, undefeated and won the national championship. Um, and still there was, you know, questions and whispers coming in to the pros and he's proven his toughness, playing hurt, uh, leading this team, uh, getting everybody involved. And, uh, you know, they can run the ball with Mixon and, have a very very good uh, receiving core and tight end situation so um future's bright there in cincinnati uh so like you said good for them buddy and we'll see what the raiders do in the off season and and, and what you know one of the many uh, available uh coaching positions and staffs to be replaced there um and then uh dave saturday night well i'll let you take oh this one um revenge game even though they already revenged their loss uh it was funny how many of broadcasters and announcers brought that up during the week with the the bills and the patriots it's like did you not see three weeks later when you know the bills beat up the patriots uh but apparently this was revenge game part two and the bills uh just played awesome buddy i'll i'll leave it at that for me 47 17 bills over the pats what did you what did you see yeah, just, you know, unbelievable. And what I would say is, you know, revenge game, whatever you want to call it, uh, when two divisional rivals match up in the playoffs, that just takes everything to another level. Right. Um, regardless uh, of of what happened in the regular season, uh, that just amps it up. And the Bills came out and, you know, it they just played an unbelievable an unbelievable game. Yep. Like they scored touchdowns on their first seven offensive possessions. Is that good? And uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, and became they also became the first team to not punt, have a field goal attempt, turn the ball over, or have a fourth down. Ever. Say that again. Not punt. They didn't punt. They didn't have a field goal attempt. They didn't turn the ball over, and they never had a fourth down. Wow, wow. 
that's offensive efficiency at its finest. You know, wow. and, uh, you know, uh, that's really, you know, uh, say what you want this way, that way, or the other. Uh, that's really all you need to say. Yeah. Um, but we'll say some more, you know, Josh <laughs> Allen threw five touchdown passes um, and no interceptions, which, you know, he was just great. I think what you saw... Uh, encouraging for Bills fans as the running game got going and they've continued on this stretch uh, where the running game has really, really come along and um, that's been tremendous for them. 174 rushing yards in this game. Uh, The Bills just did everything right. Uh, the fact that the Patriots had 17 points, uh, it, it, it's it's almost an afterthought. Like, how the heck did that happen? Right. Didn't um, feel like they scored that much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, but, you know, great job by the Bills. Um, certainly all of the years of ineptitude against the Patriots mm-hmm. to get them in the playoffs at home, right where the Bills want them. Uh, and then to just throttle them uh, was really tremendous uh, as far as that goes. And, you know, they they move on. And the Bills right now, Mike, are playing uh, – they're really playing their best football of the season. So let's get to a point where I know you and I disagree, Dave, because it's more fun on this podcast when we disagree. I like that the Bills established the run game with Josh Allen early. I like the pull the guard in the center, end around, and Josh Allen puts his head down and, you know, runs through a tackle and and gets that extra yard or two he needs. And I think it sets the tone for toughness. Uh, it sets the tone for attitude. And they're, we're going to come out and we're going to run this ball with our best athlete, uh, with apologies to, to Stefan Diggs. Um, but Josh Allen, we're going to get this done. Um, and I know you cringe um, when they run these plays, uh, and I'll let you give your side of it. But for me, it's too important, not only getting those first downs early and keeping momentum, but like I said, setting the, the tone and the attitude for the rest of the game, whether it's going to be Josh Allen or Singletary or Moss or Breida or whoever's going to run you know, the next few plays. Uh, it just demoralizes a defense. And to see uh, the Bills understand that and establish that, I think is a testament to their coaching and their game plan. So I'm all for it. What's your side of that? Well, I think what's, what's challenging for me is I don't mind necessarily the, you know, the, the called running plays. Mm-hmm. The challenge is, doing it too much um, and then also knowing that based on who Josh Allen is as a quarterback that he is also going to run on some plays where the passing plays break down or the coverage breaks down uh, whatever it happens to be Mm -hmm. and so knowing that where I have an issue is you're going to get those runs so let's not do a ton of called plays at the line where Allen is running the ball. That being said, and I heard Phil Sims today on uh, the Mad Dog say this, he actually likes those calls, like you said, Mike, particularly, and he said the same thing that you did early in the game. 
It gets Josh Allen in the game. Mm-hmm. It establishes all of the the running and all of those things. Um, so you and Phil Sims, you a huge Giants fan, right. Phil Sims, a great Giants quarterback, are on the same page. Yeah. Are on the same page on that, Mike. Yeah. Um, so you know, I don't mind it. It's just. It, it can't be like it has been in some games this year, uh, overused. I agree. There's got to be a balance there for sure. They cannot uh, run that every third play, and if they are, they're in big trouble because um, he's going to get injured and you become one-dimensional. Um, and of course, I agree with Phil Sims. He's you know the quarterback of my youth, and uh, you know I had not heard him make any comments about it. Uh, but we are you know in mind meld all these miles away from each other, me and Phil. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Side note, I do not care for his son and his analysis uh, on, you know, those shows that they have on the funky uh, Fox networks or wherever you find CNBC or whatever. They're buried down in the cable box. Um, But uh, I digress. Um, So what do you Well, we'll get to the games and we'll see what they're going to have to do this week. Um, But this, this game, I mean, what can you say about the Bills? There's nothing negative to say. There wasn't a thing to complain about. Um, they just did what they wanted. And uh, the Patriots have to go back to the drawing board. You know, uh, I think if at the end of last season you asked a Patriot fan um, if they'd be happy getting what they got out of Mac Jones this year, um, I think they would be. I think that, you know, in a vacuum it's easy to say they underachieved, but really they didn't. Um, this this uh, organization is reloaded and reshuffled, and now they're on a uh, quarterback that's above average on a low salary, and they can add weapons uh, both on defense and you know a couple of offensive weapons, and and get to where they want to be. Uh, and we've seen that they know how to do that. So uh, also interested to see what who and what the Patriots will lose from their coaching staff uh, with all these openings uh, if. Josh McDaniels, you know, clearly wants to wane out the Belichick era in New England, but he certainly could uh, have his choice of jobs if he wanted to come out and and take a head coaching job. Um, So it'll be interested to see, you know, where they go uh, with that coaching staff. But yeah, and it's, you know, it's interesting, Mike, with the Patriots. Uh, If I think back to the beginning of the season and a lot of the predictions, this is right about where everybody thought they would be. Yeah, they would do a little bit better. A lot of very few people picked them to win the division. Right. They said, but the Patriots are going to get into the playoffs. And that's what they did. I I mean, you know, that's that's about what people expected of them. but I'm with you, you know, in the vacuum, the fact that they had, you know, the seven game winning streak and were on top of the division. Right. Uh, this is a fan base that is obviously used to tremendous success. And so they just figured, oh, well, these Patriots are just going to start rolling like the Tom Brady Patriots. And well, not quite, not quite. They did blow away the Vegas prediction of seven and a half, too, for their over-under at the beginning of the season. So you know, that people that bet the over cashed that ticket early. Um, oh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. You know, the, the Patriots will be around a while. I mean, Belichick's 70 years old. How much longer is he going to want to keep doing this? Uh, that'll be a question, you know, going forward. Um, if he can, 
get this consistent play out of Mac Jones and the defense, he'll stay around a while, and we'll see what happens, um, you know, with his legacy. Uh, let's go to mm. Sunday there, buddy. Uh, yeah, speaking of guys that stay around for a while. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady, they oh. put all that A-B stuff behind him. Uh, they Buccaneers come out and beat the Eagles 31-15, and it was never that close. Um, oh, no, it was not. You know, Brady efficient, 29 for 37, 271 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, they unleashed somebody named Keyshawn Vaughn um in the backfield uh and he had you know a big run and a big game 53 yards and a touchdown on 17 attempts uh mike evans is still a stud uh they have you know the best tight end core in the league with uh gronk and Bray and uh um what can't think of the third guy oj somebody um but anyway um great great performance by Tampa Bay and the Eagles. OJ Howard. Howard. Yeah, yeah. I kept thinking OJ Mayo, but he's a basketball player. Um, yeah. You know, and the Eagles are where, you know, where I'd hope the Giants would be. I said that last week or two weeks ago that, you know, that a quarterback that's got a lot of potential and upside, a good young coach, solid defense, good offensive line, you know, little deficient in you know, their skill positions, but they had a heck of a season, uh, you know, to say two NFC East teams were going to, you know, make the playoffs when only one's guaranteed. Um, you probably wouldn't have predicted that going into the season and certainly probably didn't think it was the Eagles that would have made it. So uh, good for no, them. A lot of, yeah, yeah, a lot of predictions were Washington. So Right, right. Uh, you know, it's and, weird. And the Eagles took care of them. Chase Young got hurt, and it was like that was it for Washington. Like yeah. the whole fortune uh, spun on one player, and that's just not the way the NFL works. So very strange to see uh, how that organization went this year. And um, you know, this is the CD underbelly of the Ron Rivera as your head coach. Uh, you like it when he takes chances, but uh, sometimes those chances really hurt. So um, yeah, you know, and they weren't playing all that well when Chase Young was there. Right. Um, you know, if you remember at the beginning of the year, the thought was, you know, they're going to rely on their defense and Taylor Heineke is going to continue to, you know, come on after Fitzmagic gets hurt. And uh, the defense just never, never got to a point where they were playing at the level they did the year before. So, um, lots to do in Washington, but you know what? They're not in the playoffs and neither are the Eagles anymore. Uh, (laughs) and I think, you know, as we were watching this game, Mike texted me and just said, oh, my gosh, the Eagles are awful. Like, yeah. they don't even belong in the playoffs. And, you know, they did some things late in the game, so at least you knew they hadn't completely laid down. Right. Um, you know, they do have a, a bright future. You know, you have to be thinking about, is Jalen Hurts the guy um, to carry them into playoffs and playoff success? Well, that book has yet to be written, Mike. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, a lot of compliments uh, on his play coming out of Philadelphia and that coaching staff, you know, really um, thrust their full uh, confidence behind him and they're ready to move forward. But I'm not convinced yet either, Dave, that uh, he's the answer. 
at quarterback. He certainly uh, is a nice placeholder, um, but ultimately I don't think he can take them back to the Super Bowl. But we'll see. You know, that's why they, they play the games, as they say. Dave, another game that was played uh, this game, man, Niners and Cowboys. Can you give us the recap of this game? Because I my head is is just still blown wide open from so my, some of those you know, decisions. <laughs> my goodness, um, you know, for for some of our you know perhaps a little bit older listeners, um, this game fit right in with many of those '90s uh, Steve Young Troy Aikman battles. Yeah, uh, just you know back and forth. Uh, you know, the 49ers, you know, they went up 13 to nothing. It did kind of look early on, Mike, like it was going to be blowout city. And then Dallas had a nice drive, um, you know, to get it 13, seven, then it's 16, seven at half, you know, and they're kind of going back and forth and the 49ers go ahead, but then Dallas starts coming back and gets a field goal and, you know, we get into the fourth quarter, Mike, and oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, I, I I saw this meme this week, and any of you that are on Facebook, this this ten year challenge has been out there, uh, or you know, reflecting on ten years. And there was the Cowboys, and it was Tony Romo sitting on the sidelines with his head in his hands, mm. and then Dak Prescott. Same thing. Same position, yeah. Um, just, you know, the fourth quarter, though, was was very intense. A lot of back and forth. You know, Dallas, um, you know, gets the interception and, you know, goes short field 28 yards to get it to 23-17. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then the 49ers have a long drive and punt. Uh, and then Dallas turns the ball over on downs. Uh, I think that one, Mike, was a bit of a head scratcher there. Yeah, and so uh, um, Dak decides to scramble, and uh, oh no, this, this is, is the is earlier. A, yeah, this is the earlier one. Good it's, call. Uh, you know, they do a, a deep pass. Yeah, to uh, CJ Wilson. To, to CJ Wilson that yeah. doesn't go. Um, you know, and it was it was fourth and eleven. You didn't necessarily need a deep, deep pass. You kind of felt like that game was o- the game was over at that point. Um, but the 49ers couldn't do anything. Mike, four plays, uh, fifteen yards, only a minute off the clock, and they punt the ball back to Dallas. Yep. And you know, Mike, at Dallas started moving the ball, and you know, it really looked like they were going to get there. Um, you know, they, they get to, what, they get to the... 41. Yeah, they get to the 41. Yep. Um, tick, 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 tick. 18 seconds left as they go out of bounds. And you're like, okay, this is doable. They got to have a touchdown. Right. And so, I don't know. I'm thinking... There's going to be a pass. You know, you're going to do another, like, quick pass out of bounds. Try to get a little bit closer, uh, Mike. And, oh, my goodness. Uh, this, I am not a Dallas fan. Uh, we know that Mike likes to call them the team with the star on the helmet and the cowgirls. We know he's not a fan either. No. But 
watching this happen uh, despite all of that literally was so painful to watch. Um, and I say that from a purely, can you look any more inept on the field than the Cowboys did in this last 14 seconds, Mike? Uh, they line up in the shotgun uh, and Dak you know, drops back. Um, and Mike, this, this is a called quarterback draw. Right. This Dallas isn't a scramble no, or an improvised no, play. Not a scramble, no. none of that. This is a called draw on a second and one. Mm -hmm. The Cowboys have no timeouts left. They have to have a touchdown. And so Dak runs up the middle for 17 yards. And you're just watching him run, like, just go down. Right. Like, you, I mean, you knew how much time was left. Just go down. So he doesn't go down, and, you know, and then he continues to run, and then he gets down, and you're watching the clock tick, 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 and it's going down and going down. And, you know, as I'm watching it, Mike, there's no way they're going to get another playoff. No, I mean, just, I'm just yelling. No at about six seconds left, I'm yelling, game, game, game. My wife's like, what, you know, later, she's like, what, are you, what were you yelling about? And I said, the game was over. I, I knew it, you know, it just didn't have enough time. And if you see this play, folks, you say, oh, the ref screwed him. Well, no, the ref has to set the ball. So Dak, you know, they get up to the line, they get lined up. But the center places the ball down. The center's not allowed to place the ball to and establish the line of scrimmage. You know, the umpire has to. So the umpire gets in there. He's hustling. He does what he can to, you know, set the ball and get out. Uh, but while they're doing all this, time expires and the game's over. Uh, and it's just crazy that um, this is how the season's going to end for the Cowgirls. You know, and another bad call you know anyone that's calling for kellen moore to get a, a head coaching job uh he's the offensive coordinator for the cowboys they ran this like you said on purpose quarterback draw is crazy now i saw a lot of people uh monday morning quarterbacking saying you know you need at least 16 seconds you know to pull this kind of play off I think that's uh, something you say in hindsight. You know, it's easy to say oh, you need totally. two, two more seconds. You know, uh, the Rex Ryans and the Ryan Clarks of the world, spare me. Um, you didn't know how much time you needed, but you knew you didn't. You needed more time than that. Um, so, you know, the Cowgirls go out once again, first round of the playoffs. They're home watching with everybody else. Uh all the expectations, all the, you know, are they going to pay Dak? Are they going to pay, you know, Zeke? Uh, what are they going to do with their wide receivers? And this is how it ends. Why didn't they throw the ball to C.D. Lamb? What, what are they, at the end of the game, I don't know if he didn't get open and he disappeared or they forgot that how good that guy is, you know. Um, their tight ends had a nice game. They didn't throw the ball to them down the stretch. Uh, yeah. And, and Ezekiel Elliott, enough of that guy. Uh, if he, you know, he's right there um, with Saquon Barkley where he's either hurt or ineffective and it's time to move on and not get paid the big bucks. But uh, yeah. I couldn't. That's I, an excellent comparison, Mike. That That is you. spot on. You have Zeke Phil Elliott, Saquon Barkley yeah. 
put them next to each other. Uh, very, very similar. Yeah. Uh, and so um, another soul crushing defeat, uh, another Mike McCarthy um, disaster. And, you know, after the game, they nobody would take responsibility. And actually, Micah Parsons uh, on defense, you know, said, you know, we're trying our hardest and we did the best we can. And, you know, we'll be back next season. And I'm thinking, boy, you haven't been around long enough to know that, that you're, you're just never going to get over this hump. You know, that's why when Jason Garrett was the head coach of the Cowboys, I was never worried because these things happened. And then they went out and signed McCarthy as the head coach. And it's like, you know, you got Garrett 2.0 here. Um, just a t- t- terrible play all the way around. And all the Dallas uh, fans that were so loud and so confident, uh, you know, yes, they have scoreboard on me. The Giants didn't make the playoffs. In fact, didn't even sniff the playoffs. But still, they're home watching as well. Uh, and this Niners team, Dave, uh didn't exactly like you said they came out and started out house of fire and um but didn't impress me putting this game away they should have put this game away several times uh, including that last drive that they had like you said uh only ran four plays and were out punting where they could have you know known for running the ball and being tough uh it just yeah. didn't happen and ultimately you know we know garoppolo is not going to be a super bowl winning quarterback uh, and probably won't be there next season, um, but they get a playoff win and they move on. So, uh, any more on this game, buddy, or are you ready to get to uh, the rocking chair retirement game? Oh, jeez. Well, <laughs> you know, as far as the Cowboys go, and you had hit on the Mike McCarthy thing, I really thought the decision at the end of the game, it, it's indefensible. Right. It just is. And for Mike McCarthy, and I I know he's the head coach, for him to get up there and say, this is a play we've run tons of times, Mm -hmm. and we practice it, and, you know, this is, we are used to doing this, and the referees screwed us, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you serious, Mike McCarthy? Right. Like, you know, we talked about this early in the year, and I can't remember the receiver who was getting compared to, but they showed the, the picture of one receiver this year. Oh, Chase Claypool for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And then also compared Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald, oh, right. right, he catches the ball, gets a first down. He runs, beelines, and he was near the sidelines, beelines right down the line of scrimmage and hands the ball to the referee so he right. can place Not it. Not the center, it. right. Not this Dak gets up, gives the ball to the center, right. and they line up. And again, if you watch this play, the referee is trailing the play. He actually has to like bump into the center and Dak to yeah. get in there to get the ball set. He wanted like, the, he wanted the swim move just to get to the ball. Right, yeah. right. And so, if you're Mike McCarthy and you want to say we practice this all the time, and the referee got in the way, just I, here it is, Mike. Get out of here, Mike McCarthy, nice. because that is ridiculous. Right. And, you know, Mike and I will be happy with the Cowboys losing, but Mike McCarthy is the reason why they lost this game. Yep. Uh, if you want to focus on that last part. Now I'm done with the Cowboys. And All right. Now we can move on to the wheelchair game. The wheelchair game. I mean, this was it for Ben Roethlisberger. Ended up 42-21 Chiefs. 
Chiefs doing whatever they want, whenever they want oh. it on offense. Uh, and the Steelers just pathetic in, you know, a team that literally had to have almost a miracle to get into the playoffs. And we saw why they try, they tied the Detroit Lions this year. Um, just couldn't stop the Chiefs, uh, couldn't deal with their speed and their size, and um, just couldn't get anything done. And uh, I said at the beginning of the season, and I will lay my head on my pillow tonight knowing I was right. This Ben Roethlisberger was his 13th year senior, should have never been out there. They needed yeah. to, you know – the one thing the Patriots are prided on is keeping a player, getting rid of a player one year too early instead of one year too late. And the Steelers, out of loyalty, out of nostalgia, out of whatever, uh, hung on to Roethlisberger at quarterback one year too long. You know, you talk about what options they had, of course, you know, that's a different conversation. But still, um, they had to recognize where you know, Big Ben was his his uh, release time has slowly gone down, meaning he's getting rid of the ball quicker, which means he's got happier feet. He's not hanging in there in the pocket. You know, remember most of his career, he was known for taking hits and having people draped all over him and still making incredible throws. Um, oh, yeah. And the last couple of years just hasn't been that way. So uh, Big Ben is done in the NFL, headed for Canton. Uh, and the Chiefs are moving on with, you know, basically a tune-up game here against the Steelers, 42-21, buddy. Yep, and, uh, you know, this just in. We know Travis Kelsey uh, is really good uh, for the Chiefs, uh, and he did something, Mike, that no other player has ever done before. Ever. He threw a touchdown pass. Mm -hmm. He caught a touchdown pass. Mm -hmm and uh, totaled over 100 yards receiving in a playoff game. Wow. No one's uh, ever done that in the history of the No NFL. one has ever done that. I actually had to, uh, when he threw the touchdown pass, and again, with a lot of the, and down near the goal line, the Chiefs are famous for running a lot of, you know, crazy plays with guys in different spots. And, I was like, wait a minute, who just threw that? Like, I knew it wasn't Mahomes because he goes in motion and he goes out to the side. Right. But I'm like, who was that? And, they, you know, they run the replay back and, oh, my gosh, There's it's big Travis guy. Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, you know, starting to run into the line and then pulling up and throwing it. Uh, you know, the, and, and really that was just the Chiefs literally toying with the Steelers. Um, but I agree, Mike, this was a tune-up game for them. Uh, and the Chiefs very much like the Bills, are playing their best football at the right time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Andy Reid gets a ton of credit, and he should, um, for you know, this kind of performance. It's the, you know, the opposite of, you know, what a team like the Cowboys, you know, usually pull off. Um, and you couldn't send it better. They're peaking at the right time and um, send Ben in off into retirement. And um, they're ready for next week, Dave, or this weekend coming up here. Uh, and then the last game, the Monday night football game, I I was kind of skeptical about how I would feel about a standalone Monday night game with the mm -hmm. wild card weekend. I liked it. Ultimately, I ended up thinking it was a, a good idea, and there was some a little extra hype on it. And these two teams that 
again, are division rivals, so you'll have a little extra uh, juice on that. And uh, the Rams came out, Dave, and uh, oh. beat the Cardinals pillar to post, as they say, 34-11, another game that wasn't as close as the score. And, uh, you know, the Rams were on full display defensively uh, all over Kyler Murray, uh, shutting down, you know, I know the Cardinals are beat up and they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, um, but everyone's beat up this time of year. Uh, and the Rams came out and just played a really good football game. And Matthew Stafford, you know, um, silenced some critics. He didn't have to throw for a lot of yards, only 202. Uh, they ran the ball well. Uh, and, you know, Cooper Cup has another nice game. Odell. Odell was maybe the pickup of the year. Um, oh my gosh! In, it, you know, we yeah. just had no idea, but boy, you know. And again, we've talked about it over and over and over. Robert Woods gets hurt at the same time, but Odell, I, I have not been a huge fan of him for a lot of different, you know, off the field things and whatnot. But he has been tremendous for the Rams, Mike. There's yeah. just you can't deny it anymore. Right. Uh, he has just been a difference maker for them. Yeah, absolutely. Making big catches when they need it and the athleticism and the way he compliments Cup. Um, I I would be love to see Robert Woods healthy with these guys as well, but oh, it would be oh almost too much, you know. Um, the ball's not being forced to him, and Nodell's accepted that. Anybody that says that, um, he was the problem in Cleveland. Um, he's proving them wrong. Whether he's completely changed since he left Cleveland or, you know, Cleveland, they were the ones trying to force the ball to Odell, uh, Baker in particular. Uh, doesn't matter anymore. Um, what he's doing in L.A. is cementing his legacy, really, as one of the top wide receivers right now uh, in the NFL. And I'm kind of excited to see this team going forward. Uh, and see what they can do, you know, with their defensive stars uh, and the way they're playing uh, effectively on offense. Uh, it could be quite interesting um, what they can do down the stretch here. So that's where yep, I'm at. Uh, what else you got? Yeah, just 183 yards of total offense uh, for the Cardinals. Mm. But, Mike, something happened in this game, and it set me off. Uh-oh. And Here we go. Uh, this is this is this is a common theme. You've heard me say this, but I thought in this game, this was. I'm just going to put it out there. Get this it. was the worst example of officiating that I've ever seen. Okay. All right. So the Cardinals, the, have the, the Cardinals have the ball. They're um, backed up. You know, they're on like the four or the five yard line or whatever, and. You know, Kyler Murray throws the ball out to the sidelines. I don't remember the receiver mm -hmm. uh, catching the ball. Not important. He, so he's near the sidelines. He catches it, and you could see there's going to be a big hit by the Rams defender. Right. Like, he's he's lined them up. Here it comes. I think it's Jalen Ramsey coming in, yeah. Yeah, right. So the Cardinals receiver, and it all happens so fast, obviously, but he, he catches the ball. It looks like he starts to make a move. The Rams guy just drills him, mm -hmm. drills him, and nothing happens, mm -hmm. Mike. Okay. And the officials are there, and, and, and I'm screaming at the TV, like, 
Is that a catch? Is it not a catch? What are we doing? No call. No freaking call, mm. Mike. And it just continues and continues. And you see, you know, the two officials come down and they start talking. And there's no signal anywhere. And they move farther out. And now the referee comes in. And now the back judge comes in. And now you've got a four-person conference. So and, in the meantime, folks, the ball had come loose. And Rams player picked it up, right? And stepped out of bounds with it? Was that uh, yes, I yeah. believe so. Right. Yes. yes. So, so now so we're debating Rams, catch, no catch, fumble, fumble recovery. Recovery. All of that. So yeah. they do what is Dave's biggest pet peeve. They're going to have a 19-minute press conference oh. about it on the oh. field. <laughs> oh, my God. And so what do they do, Mike? Mm -hmm. They rule it a catch after probably like, and I, I'm not exaggerating, a good five-minute delay right? where there's no call. Which in the football nothing. world is forever. Oh, and, and it's just it's just horrible. Horrible. This is in the second quarter. So all of this goes on. They're showing all kinds of replays and, you know, mm -hmm. oh, is it a catch? Isn't it a catch? I think it's a catch. I think it's a fumble. He makes a football move, but, oh, no, the ball's moving. He doesn't have it. Whatever. They rule it a catch. And so Arizona goes to line up, and immediately the camera goes to Sean McVay. Mm -hmm. And out comes the challenge flag. Sure. Like, Oh my gosh, after all of this, now we've got to go into five more minutes of review. Mm -hmm. oh, it, it, it was just the most frustrating experience there. And my team's not even in it. Right. And I am no just dog in the in my mind. Right. And then they come back and rule it an incomplete pass after all of that. Oh. And what I thought was just pure poetry poetic justice the very next play kyler murray trying to get away in the end zone yep. falling down does you know what matthew stafford has been doing right is just chucking it up excuse me what chucking was he it up. doing i no idea I, you know and even they were talking afterwards right. um and saying you have got to just take the ball Oh, I, it was on the Manning cast I was watching. Oh. And and Peyton Manning said, you have got to just take the ball and go down. You can't do that. So he throws it up in the air. And, of course, the Rams, you know, it's up in the air for grabs. The Rams guy picks it off and runs it in like four yards for a touchdown. Right. Poetic justice, but, but ugly, oh my gosh. ugly football, ugly officiating, oh. ugly all the way around, dude. Yeah. And I just, I hope that's it of the ugly officiating in the playoffs because I cannot tolerate another five minute conversation. And the thing is the referees are so afraid to make, you know, they're so afraid to make a call, right? Like make a call, make a call. Absolutely. So they're, they're, you're right there on the sidelines. Call it a catch. Don't call it a catch, but do something. Let's not have everybody and their mother weighing in on it. Okay. Now I'm done. So I think, Dave, the answer is going to be, believe it or not, more replay. Um, yeah. Because they're afraid to make a call because they could be robbing the other team of an opportunity. And if they don't have challenges left, then, you know, then they're screwing somebody. 
uh, and they certainly don't want to do that. And so they're gun shy. Where the idea of replay is you make the call and we can correct something egregious with replay. So you're going yeah, to see exactly. it's the argument for the eye in the sky or the college um, version where, you know, every play is reviewed. And if it needs to be slowed down, they slow it down and do a, an official's replay. And, of course, the coaches still have a challenge or two. Um, so I think that's probably going to be the answer. But I agree wholeheartedly it has to be addressed in this offseason. Competition committee or whoever needs yep. to come in. Uh, and end this. It, it's it's dirtying up the game for sure. There's also another ugly incident. L luckily, everyone's fine. But Buddha Baker got hit hard and oh. had to be carted off the. the oh. Literally had oh, that was, that the ambulance was on the field and and everybody on their knee praying and all that. I, I don't comprehend the twist and emotions where you're literally. This guy might not walk again. This is your brother in the NFL, and many guys probably played with him before. And now you got to get up, and you have 25 seconds to run a play and do it all over again. You know, it, it's just rough. And, and it's the nature of the sport. There's nothing that's going to change there. Uh, but there's another one of those moments where we're going to see someone get so severely injured Um and it's going to be terrible uh, when that happens. But uh, luckily, he got a uh, feeling back in his extremities before he got to the hospital. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be a long off season, but we'll see him back in the NFL next year. Um, so speaking of long off seasons, Dave, my New York Giants Whoa. have made some off season moves. Um, as yeah, you, yeah, trying to make some make some progress and move forward. Right. They had the Dave Gettleman uh, send off. Uh, mutual decision that he's going to retire. Essentially, it was, you know, you retire, we fire you kind of thing. And you would have yep. acted like this guy had taken him to three Super Bowls and had the most successful um, stint as a Giants GM, the press conferences and the glowing things from the Maras and the Tishes. Uh, this guy, you know, basically did nothing for four years but tread water and spend money. Uh, and didn't shore. tread water, tread water, Mike. I'm trying to they, be kind. They were tied with the Jets for the worst record in the last five years in the NFL. Oh. That's not treading water. That's drowning. Okay, that's fair. Well, throw me a life preserver, buddy, because they okay, fired here him. Comes, here comes the life jacket. So there they fire is. him and they say, oh, you know, Joe Judge, we're going to keep him on and explain to the new GM that we want oh. him to be a coach. And then he, Joe Judge has one of the strangest pe press conferences after the season where he was defiant and he certainly did not seem to understand the severity of how bad they were. Uh, oh, he did not. And so the next day they fired Joe Judge. So, um, and I, I said as the season wound down, I liked Joe Judge and I wanted to see him succeed there. Um, but clearly the last few weeks the team wasn't playing hard and he didn't grasp the concept of how bad they really were uh and he had to go and now smartly you're going to bring in a new gm and a new head coach uh that it's going to work in tandem because they're there to, they're tied to each other their success and their failures uh contractually and all of that uh they you know will have you know, been brought in at the same time. So the Giants have this uh, search for a new GM, and there's nine names on the, on the list. And um, 
long story short is uh, they hired uh, today's Friday the 21st. Today. Yes, 21st. Uh, yep. They hired uh, the assistant GM from the Buffalo Bills, whose name escapes me at this moment. Uh, Joe Shan. Joe Shan, um, who has worked, you know, with Billy Bean and, you know, the entire. In Buffalo and worked in Carolina as well. So right. he's, you know, there's some good pedigree there. Excellent pedigree and uh, huge um, recommendation from the. Kim Pagulia and, and the ownership. Oh, by the yeah, way, yeah. did you see uh, the Pagulia's daughters playing in the Australian Open? Yes. And she signed the camera after she won a match uh, with permanent marker instead of dry erase. And it said, uh, go Bills, you're next or something like that. But anyway. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to bring up that she was wearing Bill's colors. Her outfit no, was Bill's fine. colors. I, I'm all for and, it. You know, you know she said yeah. no coincidence there. This is Jessica Pagula, the, yeah. the daughter of them. Yeah. I'm yeah. all for it. Your parents own the team. Go for it. You know, go nuts. Sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so this guy is, you know, good, deep pedigree. And now the Giants need a head coach. And Brian Dayball's been on the na- uh, the tip of every tongue that there's a head coaching job in the NFL. Uh, you know, he's the hot coordinator. He's the young, innovative guy that's had success. And look what he's done with Josh Allen. And, and you know, um, rightfully so, you know, he's going to get a head coaching job in this league. And all the tea leaves seem to be pointing now for him to come to the New York Giants. And, and I, I would be very, very happy with that. I think the only other name that's out there head coaching-wise um, besides your Bill Cowers and, and people like that that are retired and probably never coming Bill back. Cower. Jimmy Johnson, you know, the, the dream candidates. <laughs> oh, um, but in their know, dreams, they get a job. <laughs> uh, but the, you know, Brian Flores is the only other name I think I would be satisfied with. Um, yes. Your boy Quinn, the former Falcons coach, you know, he, he's not who I want to see on the giant sideline. Um, no, nope. good defensive mind. They need an offensive mind uh, there in New York. Uh, they need to join this century as far as offensive philosophy and, and coaching. So, um, Dave, did we figure out there's eight potential head coaching positions open? Um, yes. Can you read them off if you got them? Yep. Here? So the Bears. The Bears. The, the Jaguars, yeah. yes, yep. The Texans, the Dolphins. Now mm-hmm. that you know, and that was a shock to me, honestly, that they let Brian Flores go. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Giants, uh, Minnesota, they let Mike Zimmer go. Uh, Denver said goodbye to Vic Fangio, and Las Vegas. We don't know what's going to happen there. Are they going to keep the special teams guy, or are they going to go out and get somebody else? So yeah, there's eight open spots right there's now. There's some in pretty the attractive spots right there. I mean. You- look at the bears for example with justin fields and you know a good solid defense and in montgomery at running back and you know they've got some options there um you look at miami if you are a tua believer and i'm not um you know there's a great future there houston what are they going to do with deshaun watson is he going to end up coming back and playing um you know either way they're going to get a good young quarterback and and have a solid nucleus around them you know there's some options you know if you want to be uh, a team builder you can go to jacksonville and, and work with the number one overall pick last year in trevor lawrence so there's and some... they have the number one pick this year as well right great point. um 
So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the future there in Jacksonville, yeah. uh, certainly you have to patch up some of the, you know, relationship stuff and things that went wrong uh, with your boy there, Urban Meyer. But, um, yeah. yeah, there's potential. I, I, you look, I look at a team like Minnesota. Yeah, um, I, know, I was just going to get know, to them. Yep. You know, gotten all over Kirk Cousins, but that Minnesota team has a lot of talent. Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, honestly, and so does Denver, and so does Las Vegas. I mean, there's a lot of appealing options. Absolutely. Uh, and it's it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, where these where these teams end up. Let's see, AFC, 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 AFC. Five of the eight are in the AFC, Mike. Oh wow, interesting. I think the NFC has is more wide open. I think the AFC has a lot of talent, and when we get to these games remaining, you'll see that uh, there's a lot of really good teams in the AFC. So if you're looking for the path path of least resistance, you know the NFC, you know, might be a job, you know, that you're looking at. But boy, some attractive, attractive teams uh, and talent out there. Um, so it would be interesting to see. Eight's a lot of lot of open positions. There's going to be some some yeah. job uh, where someone gets hired, and you're going to scratch your set your head and say, "Who? Who is that that just got hired as head coach?" Mm-hmm. Um, because you, there's a lot of retreads in the NFL right now. There's a lot of young guys you never heard of, you know. And with the success of McVeigh and Shanahan and and uh, our boy out there in San Diego, Staley. Uh, you're going to see, you know, those guys get uh, opportunity younger and younger. Um, so just keep an eye out. Of course, we're going to keep an eye out on all the positions. But um, it'd be interesting to see name brand coaches versus no names, you know, how many get those uh, eight open positions. Anything else you want to talk about off-season-wise? You just want to get to the divisional round here, buddy. Yeah, let's get to the meat of it. because Let's do it. There are, you know, I'm I'm sure that there have been uh, some great matchups when you look into the divisional round. And Mm -hmm. and I know there I I know there have been because, you know, I've been watching football for, you know, intently for some time. Uh, But there's some I mean, these are four really good games, uh, Mike, and. I let you know let's get to it like yeah. these games are you know so you start on Saturday you've got our you know as we talked about our our uh, darlings here the Bengals uh going to Tennessee and playing a team that Mike uh Derek Henry got activated today he's going to start tomorrow yep. uh this is the 4:30 game on CBS and the Bengals are up against it 0 and 7 in road playoff games. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll be interested to see how much rust uh, there is on Derrick Henry and the Titans offense uh, getting, you know, used to playing with him again after being off, you know, eight weeks here. <clears throat> and um, this Bengals offense, like we said earlier, Dave, is just cruising. Uh, and their defense has to come up and make a couple of plays uh, and, you know, this game could be quite interesting. I think most people are going to say, oh, 
you know, it's the Titans. Um, they're going to be really good. Derrick Henry's back. Look out. And uh, they're going to underestimate the Bengals. Uh, I, I personally, if I were a betting man for, for entertainment purposes only, uh, the Bengals are getting four. I, I would take that all day. Um, oh, three and a half, I guess. But still, I would take the Bengals plus the three and a half all day. I think that uh, they're going to stand toe to toe with them. And it's this is uh, styles make fights type of game where the Bengals are going to throw the ball over the place. They're effective running the ball. Uh, and the Titans are going to play ball control uh, with Derrick Henry and Foreman and then, you know, hit try to hit a couple of big plays over the top with play action. Uh, so two different styles on offense for sure. Uh, but I like I, I like the Bengals in this game, buddy. What's what say you? So Mike's taking the Bengals. Boy, uh, I I'm tempted. I the my uh, my hesitation with taking the Titans is is the extra week off, and you know you right. you work all season to get that and get that resting. But we have seen over the years some some flat, you know, at least first half. Right. Uh, flat performances of these teams coming out. Uh, I could see the Titans doing that. The question is, you know, how far do they end up getting behind? Right. Um, and can they continue to run the ball with Derrick Henry? Uh, my thinking is the Titans defense is going to keep the Bengals in check enough and the Titans will pull away in the second half. So I'm going to take the Titans, Mike. Okay. Um I'm going to say by a touchdown. I, I I think I think it's still going to be close, but I can see the Titans kind of grinding out the fourth quarter with Derrick Henry getting into a rhythm mm-hmm. um, and just not allowing the Bengals to get the ball back to to make a, a make a final push for a game winning victory. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I can see that too. You know, um, just not quite ready for the Bengals to ascend to a championship uh, game. I, but their future is certainly bright. I could see that playing out. But I, I just got that Bengals team of destiny feeling uh, when I watched them. Uh, next game, 8-15 uh, in frigid Green Bay. Uh, oh, jeez. Packers, Niners. It was just the anniversary, Dave, of uh, the Giants' overtime win over the Packers in the playoffs where Lawrence Tying went out and kicked the field goal and Tom – Coughlin's face was a shade of red that wasn't in your oh. 64 crayon box growing up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you haven't seen that, folks, go back and look at I mean, Tom Coughlin's face. Yeah. I, right. There's nothing else to say. Um, 19 degrees and a little bit of snow predicted, but nothing crazy. Uh, Packers favored by five and a half. Uh, I think the Packers blow them out. I think the Niners have been doing this with a subpar quarterback in Garoppolo. Uh, They're banged up, although they've gotten healthy recently. Uh, Debo Samuel, that touchdown he scored last week, the 26-yard run or the cuts and the speed were were, were awesome, but you got to think the Packers are going to have a plan for that. Um, And then Aaron Rodgers, I just think the narrative is not ready to be over. Um, for him and this Packer organization. Uh, so I'll take the Packers, you know, uh, probably by 10 in this game. Okay. Okay. I, um, I disagree with you, which All is right. good. Nice. Um, I like how the 49ers are playing. Uh, their defense uh, is tremendous. 
I think they're going to slow down Green Bay. I don't think they're going to stop them enough. Uh, but I am going to take the 49ers, Mike, with the points because I think this game is going to be a lot closer okay. than people think. Uh, I still think Aaron Rodgers is going to make the plays regardless of how good the uh, San Francisco's defense is. He still has the quickest release, uh, the least likely chance to turn the ball over. Um, I think Green Bay is just just too talented, but I think it's going to be a close game. Do we know off the top of your head whether uh, Joey Bosa is going to play for the Niners? I know he was. Yes, up. he has been. He has cleared protocols okay. and he is going to play. That'll help um, a lot. That'll help. A yes. Lot yes. Pass rush. So, yeah, we will see how that goes. All right. Um, why don't you go first? These next two games, buddy. Interesting. Yeah. So the Sunday, the early game. So three o'clock on NBC. Boy, it's going to be weird to see a. Uh, no one NBC game yeah. on a Sunday, no one o'clock game, but NBC on a Sunday. Now, look for some of us who are older. We, you know, we went years where um, you know NBC had all of the big games. Right. Um, right. But, so it's nostalgic so, for us. Yeah, definitely nostalgic when you think about um, Merlin Olsen nice. and uh, Dan Fouts. Oh my gosh, yeah. Dan Fouts and the other guys. It's is totally Vern Lundquist. Vern, Lund I wasn't thinking Vern Lundquist. Oh. It's um. Oh my gosh, I can't think. Of it. It, it'll I, come to me. Yeah. Uh, so the Rams coming off a dominating performance, and that's another team, Mike, playing their best football of the year right now. The Rams. Yep. Uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, Boy, this is going to be interesting, Mike. Uh, no two ways about it. Yep. I think this this has a a great opportunity to be a real real classic matchup. I agree. Um, do you have the line there, Mike? Uh, it's, Buccaneers it's, by two and a half. I was so going to say I, th I thought home, it was Tampa by two and a half. At home is three, so really they're saying Rams by a half. Vegas is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Boy, oh. yeah, you know Matthew Stafford. Uh, he certainly played very well against Arizona. Uh, you know Tampa Bay is going to throw some things defensively at him, and see what happens. Mike, I'm going to go out and be bold here and Get say it. I'm going to I am going to pick the Rams in this game. I think Matthew Stafford finally gets over the hump, and the Rams defense makes enough plays, uh, stops Tampa Tom. Mm -hmm. gets him to maybe throw an interception or two, and the Rams pull this out, Mike, and and move on to the NFC Championship game. I'd love to disagree with you, but I think you're exactly right. I think the Bucks are uh, too hurt, uh, especially at wide receiver with Godwin out and A.B. flipping out. And, uh, you know, as much as we enjoy the uh, Scotty – Mitchell's or what, what's that kid's name? Uh, yeah, I think that's his name. Or you know the the wide receivers that the Buccaneers drag off the bench and seem to plug and play. You know, yes, they still have Mike Evans. They still have the tight ends. Uh, they still have Fournette. But the Buccaneers' defense has not been as good as they were last year, uh, especially in the secondary. And I think the Rams' offense is going to be overwhelming. Uh, I'm going to even give you a specific player, Van Jefferson, 
I think is going to have a big game for the Rams, their third receiver. Um, I just don't think the Bucks can cover him. So uh, I, I'm with you. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, back-to-back is always so hard to, uh, to see the Buccaneers do it uh, with all the challenges in front of them. Uh, I think Tampa Tom and uh, will take his goat and go home. And uh, McVeigh's got something special uh, for him on the offensive side. So. Yep, and let's not uh, sell short the impact that Cam Akers had yes. in the in the Cardinals game. The guy. Great point. Rips himself apart uh, in July uh, and is able to come back and literally. And I've you know I've watched Cam Akers play at Florida State and then in the NFL. He looked every bit the Cam Akers that we remember, and he was a huge difference maker against Arizona. Uh, and we've been saying it now for a bunch of weeks, <laughs> you know, when Henderson was running the ball well, and now you have acres, if the Rams can run the ball, well, they are just flat out unstoppable. Yeah. And I, that's to me, that's the biggest difference. I think they're going to be able to run the ball and they're going to win the game. Excellent. I'm with you right there, Dave. It's the game you've been dreaming oh. of your whole life. Uh, Six thirty <laughs> in Kansas city frigid but not crazy 37 degrees uh buffalo bills kansas city chiefs uh the over under 54 and the chiefs are favored by two so really vegas is saying the bills by one Uh, yep i know where you're going and i'm going to agree with you uh i'll just get it right out there so you go and i agree with whatever you say oh I think, and certainly I am not impartial, this <laughs> has the potential to be the best game of the weekend. Amen. Uh, you have the two teams. You can make an argument for the Rams. Mm-hmm. You have the two teams, though, that are really playing the best football of all the teams left, uh, and they're colliding. They know each other. They played each other in the playoffs last year. They played each other in the regular season last year and this year. Here it is, their fourth meeting in the last two years. Um, the quarterbacks, you know, I kind of laughed, and they, and this was made a comment uh, in this the wild card round is, you know, Josh Allen throws five touchdowns on Saturday. Well, what does Patty Mahomes go? And he goes and throws five touchdowns on yeah. Sunday. Uh, these two guys are starting to get linked together, uh, like Manning and Brady. Uh, I just, I think this has the potential to be a great, great game. Uh, for me, and I know the Chiefs defense has played better of late, I just think the Bills defense is just that much better. Mm-hmm. And they're, the Bills defense is going to make, and these are two dynamic offenses. Right. These are games where the defense is going to make one or two plays uh, to stop one of the offenses from rolling, and that's going to be the difference in the game. And I think that's going to be the Bills defense. Uh, I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, you know, very excited about it. Uh, the fact that it's Sunday night, you know, drives you crazy as a Bills fan because you got to wait all oh, weekend. There's going to be some uh, juiced up fans watching that. Game. Yes, yeah. To, yeah, to get to it. But I, I think this has a potential to be a great game. Kansas City playing so well offensively mm. uh, and defensively, and so are the Bills. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, Mike. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I think this is the marquee matchup, like you said, 
and that the uh, offenses are both prolific. Uh, and push comes to shove with the defenses. I think that uh, the Bills' defenses are playing very well right now, and uh, their pass rush improvements they've made from last year, uh, as we saw in the Super Bowl last year, can give um, you know Mahomes a lot of fits, and you know we'll we're going to see that Sunday night, and uh, that crowd's going to be nuts uh, in Kansas City. Uh, you know, I'm sure Buffalo's practicing with noise and silent counts on offense. Um, and it could come down to special teams or, like you said, one play by either side of the ball uh, on defense. So, or, you know, either team on defense. Uh, and I just have more confidence in the Bills defense right now. So Josh Allen going to take one more step forward in his legacy um, towards greatness and take this Buffalo team to a championship game. Uh, we're both on board with that, buddy, and it really, uh, for your sake, we'll be rooting hard for that, uh, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, and uh, we'll be keeping an eagle eye out on all that stuff, folks. Uh, check with back with us early next week. We'll recap these games. We'll try to get back on a regular schedule here with the podcasts. And, um, yes, we know that college football crowned a champion, and that was fun. Um, there's our coverage for that. Uh, and <laughs> NBA, MLB offseason, if MLB is ever going to play a game again, um, we'll have to figure that out. Um, but in the meantime, we're out here, we're watching, we're making observations, uh, and we will share them with you here on Think Tank Sports, where uh, we think and you listen uh, as we strive for five at Think Tank Sports. <laughs>